Whether you have a general interest in health and wellness, or you are already a medical professional, we're here to provide you with tools and resources to make informed decisions about your health. This is House Call, part of Hackensack Meridian Health's award-winning podcast. Here, our expert providers will provide you with wellness tips, information, and general health advice. Thank you for listening. Hey everyone, welcome back to our Health You podcast. This is your host, Brianna. And just so everybody knows, we'll be doing these shows sporadically until we, we return to some form of normalcy. I'm here today with Dr. Sagar Parikh, an interventional pain medicine specialist at JFK Johnson Rehabilitation Institute. Welcome, doctor. Thank you. Thank you for having me. So I personally reached out to Dr. Parikh today for our show, knowing that many individuals have been complaining of exacerbated neck, back, and shoulder pain amidst work-from-home conditions. So here's a little kind of fun tidbit. Uh, Dr. Parikh, how many people do you think have been working from home, uh, percentage of Americans, given this coronavirus pandemic? Oh, man, I'd say about... 80%. I thought that too, but apparently only according to NPR, it's only about 33% of Americans. Really? Yeah, but that was only reported about two weeks ago. Maybe it was a little off, but that's what, the, yeah. I think the trends, I think uh, in the initial months uh, of COVID when it really hit us here in, in March uh, and April in this in this region, in New Jersey, I think it was higher. And I think now recently because, um, because you know, I, I, we've been doing s- sort of well in containing this, and I hope we can continue to do this. Mm-hmm. Um, perhaps I, I have known of some people going back to work. Maybe that's it. Thirty percent is quite low, though. I, I'm, I'm that shocked. That is low. That is. Yeah. But it's interesting because prior to this pandemic, only about seven percent of people actually worked from home full time. Ah, okay. Which, regardless, is still a massive spike. Right. So now let's break down these neck, shoulder, and back pain conditions separately. So let's start with the neck and shoulder. So I read reports that 10 to 25% of individuals report new neck pain each year, whereas another 7 to 34% will experience new shoulder pain. So are these becoming increasingly more common as more people are kind of more frequently using their computers and phones? I think yes. Um, and it, I've definitely seen that in my clinic. Uh, people coming in, we've, we operated mostly from a telemedicine perspective for, for many months, but now we've opened our clinics up since June. Um, and I have seen a new increase, or at least an increase in neck and shoulder pain in patients. Um, and I think it is attributed to uh, the working from home. Um, that's not to say working from home is, is a bad thing. Yeah. I think we should stay safe right now. Um, but when it comes down to, uh, you know, the quarantine and the work from home rules, what's happening is that, uh, individuals are now working on their laptops. It's not necessarily on a desk, you know, maybe potentially on a couch or even in bed. Hopefully not, but probably that's what's happening. That's me. Uh, and, and w- w- what I see is a, a new increase in neck, shoulder and lower back pain. And I think it's coming from, uh, three things. One of them is bad posture. The other one is lack of mobility. And the third thing is stress. And we'll get into all that in a second. But let's let's start with posture. So what is, okay, I guess to understand bad posture, what is good posture? So um, to define good posture, I think it's worthwhile to even first just talk about the, the spine okay. in general. Okay. Um, so I'm sure everyone knows what the spine is. But just in case we don't, we'll, we'll play a little visual exercise here. Um, Picture a, like I say, a 33-story building uh, between each floor or maybe 24 of those floors on the, on the up. Be- between each floor, you'll, you have these discs, and these discs are shock absorbers. So between each floor, you have these separations that are meant to kind of take the, the strain and the shock of, of just our everyday lives. Um, now, if you're picturing that building, that building is straight, mm-hmm. right? Obviously, our spines are not straight. 
right? There's a natural curve to our spines um, that that are that's there for a reason. Um, it's meant to dissipate forces here and there because we are move, movable creatures. You know, we are we are creatures of movement. Um, we are not designed and meant to sit for eight hours or longer in a day. Now, even before COVID, that was the case for many many people working. Um, especially in desk jobs, uh, sitting for eight hours in a day, which was uh, wreaking havoc on their neck, their shoulders, and even their lower backs uh, during that time. But now, but now take that uh, at home where we don't really potentially have the proper setup, right? Not many people have a desk at home. Not many people have an, an at-home office. Um, and so oftentimes, if they're working on their laptops, they're working on it uh, on their laps or on, on the bed uh, or on their couches. And what's happening is your your neck is and your shoulders are being rounded forward to uh, to compensate for that. Um, and, you know, while that may have been OK if we're using our laptops um, you know, uh, in these positions for just uh, an hour or so or, or, or less, now if we're using it for eight hours or more, um, it's causing considerable strain on the neck. As I'm sitting here, I'm fixing my yes. back. <laughs> Me too. I mean, I, I, I'd like to say that I adhere to my own principles, but I, I try to also have to correct my posture as well. So now for somebody at uh, home who's listening to this, how can you kind of guide them through how to correct their posture? It's funny. Whenever I go into this, I try to, I try to do a little bit of education first on what we're, what we're talking about and why it's important. Mm-hmm. What I find is when I try to uh, you know, impart some guidance on here's how you should stand, if you don't know why you should stand that way, if you don't know why it's so important, I think it maybe doesn't drive the point home uh, as well. Okay. So, um, you know, we talked about the spine having the natural curvatures. The spine itself uh, is, a ver- is a very movable structure. So it has joints at every level, just like your knee is a joint and your hip is a joint and your shoulders are joints. Mm-hmm. Your spine at every level has joints and they can move. And on top of that, your neck is the most movable part of your spine. And so because it's the most movable part, it's also the most prone to strain or arthritis or other things. Hmm. So when you think about your spine, think about not just bones and not just the discs that are absorbing the pressure and the the shock of each level, but also the fact that it's housing nerves, that there is ligaments that are trying to keep it in place uh, to a degree, and there are muscles attached to every aspect of your spine that actually help it move from side to side, rotate, flex, extend. So when you're, so just as those muscles are trying to keep it stabilized, um, you don't want to put your neck or your body in a position where your, where your muscle has to overexert itself to keep it in that position, right? Got it. So think about your, your head. Your head is about 10 to 12 pounds. Okay. It's a he- heavy head. A heavy head. Well, <laughs> so, but when you, if you bend your neck forward, in all it, that strain. In all that strain, um, you're not just, you know, and, and that's, that's a normal thing to do to bend it forward, but to keep it in that position for hours, you're now um, increasing the, the perceived weight of that, of that head to now about 40 pounds, 50 pounds. So, mm. so, so think about doing that day in, day out. That's going to put excessive strain on your on your muscles. It's almost like going to the gym and keeping a keeping a uh, keeping a, a flexed a flexed position for hours and thinking I'm going to be fine. No, you're going to have strain, right? Even of if it course. is just ten or twelve pounds. So, with, with respect to the neck and respect to the body, when you're sitting down, hopefully you're not sitting on the uh, on the couch. I know, and hopefully not sitting on the bed, because you want to keep your your back in a proper what they call lordotic curve. Okay. So it's kind of curving 
outward. I know I'm, I'll probably describe that better later. But you you know uh, well, you can kind of imagine putting a towel uh, behind your back and sitting up straight. Got it. Okay. But what that does it, it helps round out the middle part of your spine in the proper what's called kyphotic curve. You don't have to remember these words, but that but and it also keeps your neck in that proper uh, curve itself that is neutral. And when I say neutral neck, I'm saying that you're sitting up straight mm -hmm. and your head is at a position where your ear is compl is is completely bisecting the shoulder. So it's on the level of the shoulder. Hmm. Okay? Now most of us don't do that. I could even say I don't do that. Yeah, <laughs> And no. I'm trying to correct my posture. But um, it's hard because if you think about it, our whole world is in front of us. Mm -hmm. So not even if we're on the laptop and we're at work at home, um, but even if we're in the kitchen, we're cooking something, or, or we're doing dishes, or uh, anything, you know, building something with our hands, everything's in front of us. So we have a natural propensity to, to kind of reach forward, and what that does, it rounds out our shoulders, keeps our neck forward, because you know, usually what we're looking at, if we're doing dishes or cooking, it's whatever, down. is below us. Yeah. And so we are not even when we're working, but all throughout our day, we're always kind of hunching forward. Um, okay. And so we need to remind ourselves to keep ourselves straight. And I guess the number one thing is, now that you kind of know the structures in place, awareness is one of the biggest things. I have to be completely honest. Sure. Amidst my boredom during quarantine, I went on Amazon and I bought one of those posture correctors. Okay. I have never felt so uncomfortable in my life. I realized then and there, my posture is so off. It was quite eye-opening, actually. Well, the funny thing about the, uh, about our posture is that um, almost like our, and, and not to get into too much detail, but our body, uh, has its own resting steady states, right? And so we all we all want our posture to be absolutely perfect, and we want that to be our resting state. But because we've been so hunched forward all our lives, and because we you know we interact with the world in front of us and below us, you know, um, we've now kind of created that little. I, I don't want to say it's muscle memory, but we've created that little memory in our our body that this is the posture that I'm comfortable in, mm -hmm. when in fact it should be more upright. Um, and that's why it feels uncomfortable to us because we've just not been keeping that good posture day in day out okay um and so and so basically one of the things i always tell patients especially with neck and shoulder is make sure you try to get your shoulders back um and if you can kind of conceptualize this you have shoulder blades on on, on your on the back of your uh, upper back right um try to kind of squeeze them together keep shoulders back keep your head up you can tuck your chin in a little bit okay. and your ear can be in line with your shoulder Okay, and if it's hard to do this by yourself, you can go up to a mirror and just try this out and see how it would feel. Or you could even go up against a wall. Same deal. Shoulders back. Try to try to bring those shoulder blades together a little bit. Not not exaggerated, but mm -hmm. just enough. Keep tuck the tuck the chin in, shoulder uh, and head back, and try to see if your head can touch the wall. And just remember how that feels. <laughs> and that yeah. and that should be what you strive for. What we strive for, right? Yeah. Um, that being said, and and so one of the things that's uh, tricky is you know when you're in an office hopefully and when you're office your your desk is ergonomically perfect so what does that mean i was looking into that and it has to do with eye level and yes okay so so basically especially if you're working on a computer um ideally you're you're at the de you're sitting at your desk you you have a chair that has armrests okay, okay? And, and those armrests are at a position where if you place your elbows and forearms on that armrest you're creating either a 90 degree angle with your elbow or a 120 degree angle with your elbow. Okay. Um, so, and, and it's rested perfectly. So it's not like it's it's hiking your shoulders up. You know, you want it to, you want it to be the perfect height. I've had that issue sometimes where I couldn't find the perfect chair, and I've actually had to put a cushion 
under the on the chair itself so that when I'm sitting, I'm not hiking my shoulders up. My shoulders are relaxed. My arms are resting on the side rests, hmm. and my elbows are at 90 degrees or 120, you know, okay. depending. Then when it comes to actually typing, um, your wrist should be at a relaxed, neutral position. You've heard of carpal tunnel syndrome. Yes. So oftentimes, uh, I mean, the 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 one indi- the one scenario where we find that people do do get this sort of carpal tunnel syndrome is when their keyboards are too elevated up, um, and so what's or or down. And what's happening is you're putting compression on these nerves that are in your wrist. Um, that's why you want to make sure your your wrist is neutral. Hmm. Um, and so I know as we're saying this, I can tell probably nobody has the perfect setup. I definitely <laughs> don't. I'm sitting here thinking like, I need to talk to my boss now. <laughs> even as I, even as I'm saying this, I'm thinking I need to now fix the setup in my yes. house too. But, but so basically your wrist should be neutral. Your elbow should be at 90 degrees. Okay. You're typing on the keyboard and your monitor should be at a position where at, it's, it's the top of the monitor is aligned with your eyes. Oh. So the top of the monitor is at your eye level. It's tilted a little bit so that you look down almost like 30 degrees. And if you think about it, 30 degrees is not that much of a, of, a, of, of a flexion of your neck. Looking down 30 degrees, you know, so sitting straight up, 90 degrees at the elbow, eye level at the top of the monitor, monitor is tilted, and you're a little bit so that you're looking down 30 degrees, and that should be the perfect uh, position. Um, I can maybe I, I don't even know the stat on this, but I can probably say ninety nine percent of the people don't do this. <laughs> so I'm definitely not one so, of the people who does. <laughs> so and and the, and the problem is also if you think about it, when you're using a laptop, right? You can't detach the screen from the keyboard. Correct. So you're not going to be able to get that thirty degree perfect angle with your neck. So oftentimes, what people are are recommending, especially if they're going to be, I mean, who knows what's going to happen going forward? Are we going to be doing a hybrid work from home, work in the office scenario? Who knows? But if you're going to work from home, I really think it's worthwhile to put money into creating a home office where you can actually you can actually get these devices where you can place your laptop on a a, a tilted platform mm-hmm. so that it can you can create that perfect eye level and then have a, a separate detached keyboard where you can you know type so that you're not reaching forward too much uh, if your keyboard itself and and the and the and the monitor length should be kind of arm length away. I know wow. this is really this complex. Is a, yes, this it is, is too much. I know, and and honestly, it's funny. It, you know, oftentimes I think I actually explained this to a patient once, and you know, this stuff is not cheap, right? Yeah, it, of to, course, to build a setup at home is not a cheap thing. But I think if we are spending eight hours or more of our time at at home, it's a good investment. Doing work, it's a good investment, right? Yeah, because you can prevent neck strain uh, or or rounded shoulders or this bad posture. Uh, Which I'm now extremely aware of. No, I know. (laughs) I keep fixing my shoulders. So now you also mentioned lack of movement. So again, in complete transparency, in the beginning of this quarantine, when I wasn't working from home, um, I was just literally a potato in my bed. I just had buckets of snacks. I was binge watching Netflix from a fixed position for hours upon hours upon hours. And I can see if that prolongs, that's probably not good for you. So how is lack of mobility and stiffness, how does that contribute to neck, shoulder, and back pain? Our bodies are meant to be in motion, mm-hmm. right? I mean, we have arms and legs for a reason. You know, evolutionarily, we, we've 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 adapted this way, and and so we are we are meant to move. Uh, we actually are not meant to sit uh, for any length of time uh, in one location, except when you're sleeping, of mm-hmm. course. Um, so what I recommend for most of my patients is, if they have to work from home, um, every 30 minutes or so, get up, go for a walk um, around your neighborhood with a mask on, if you can, um, you know, go for a walk around your neighborhood or even do some simple stretches at home. Um, but you don't want to be sitting for that long uh, 
and definitely because what can happen is you can get a lot of stiffness right okay so your joints and even your discs in your spine need movement for a little bit of that lubrication okay got it so if we are not moving and if we're keeping stiff um, we are actually uh, encouraging sort of stiffness in these movable ports, parts of our body, which then when we try to go and walk up and move, it's going to feel like it hurts, mm-hmm. right? Um, think about someone who has arthritis in their lower back. One of the biggest complaints is when I'm sleeping and when I wake up in the morning, my back is so stiff I can barely get up. And it's like, well, because you have arthritis, and as we all know, arthritis is this in- inflammatory process. It's mm-hmm. you know, it's an itis, so it's an inflammation of the joint. Um, so you have all this fluid there. It, you have this kind of sticky fluid in the joint. So when you're 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 keeping stiff, uh, you know, for that long length of time, because we have to sleep, of course, and you get up, it's super painful, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Um, so, but but you know, getting back to someone who let's say doesn't have arthritis uh, and just, you know, is finding themselves sitting in one position for a long period of time, maybe on the bed, watching Netflix, whatever it is, you kind of owe it to yourself to every half hour, get up and move. And um, I know that nowadays, the gyms are, or actually, I don't even know what state we're in now, if gyms are open or not. I, 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 I've been closed for months. The gyms definitely still are not open. They're still not open, yeah. right. Okay. So, um, and so, yeah, I'm, they're closed now. And so, what many what many gyms are offering though are at home exercise mm-hmm. uh, routines, right? So, um, you know, even your local yoga studio or your local uh, you know high intensity training workout uh, studio may be offering some at home um, uh, videos that you that if you're a member of that gym you can access. So I do recommend peppering those in your day, in addition to maybe every half hour getting up and at least once or twice a day doing an exercise. Um, and uh, and I actually do want to do a PSA on that too. Actually, go for um, it. So because if you think about it, so when you're working out in the gym, you have a very pliable, very soft, uh, but um, like kind of rubbery surface that you're usually working out on, right? Those gym of mats course, and stuff. Yeah. So they give a lot. I've seen a lot of right. So I've I've seen a lot of injuries lately, also from uh, people who are at home, staying at home, uh, but doing workouts at home, but they're doing it on their hard floor. Oh, right. I feel personally attacked right now. That's me. That's what, no, listen, <laughs> that's me too. And and so actually it's funny that um, I didn't think of this. In March, uh, even though I, we don't have stay at home, uh, mm-hmm. I'm, for doctors, we, we kind of had to come into the hospital every day anyway. Um, but on the weekends, you know, if I was just home with my wife and we, we would try a workout together, I can't believe I didn't think of this, where I was working out barefoot on a hard surface and I actually hurt my back. And so thankfully, uh, I mean, I have some knowledge on back pain. So I, yeah. I was able to sort of rehab myself back out of that back pain um, by just doing some simple stretches. But I realized and as I kind of as we opened up our clinics again, people were coming in with back injuries. And, I'm, and, I, and then I kind of connected it to the fact that they were doing the same thing I did. Barefoot on a hard surface, on a hardwood surface. I have hardwood floors in my, in my home and doing these exercises. And so now what I recommend for patients is... You know, if you can get some of those mats, um, get a mat. You know, it, it could be a yoga mat. Those aren't really ideal. You know, but something thicker would be mm-hmm. ideal. But you can get these mats. You can roll out onto your onto your home and make sure that they're secure, because you don't, you wa- don't want them sliding. You don't want them sliding because that that'll a also whole different type of injury. <laughs> yes, that will also be an injury. So yeah. you know, um, if you can't if you can't get a mat, you know, financially, you're you're squeezed on it. If you have a thick rug fine it's not ideal it's not ideal but but if you have that fine but make sure it's secure um in addition to that you i i've now invested in at-home sneakers so I, I used to just have a pair of sneakers that i used outside when i'm running um 
But now I actually have sneakers that I'm using in, in the, the home to, to work out in because I realized those sneakers provide you with some cushion and that, that cushion is, is essential for your back and, and your hips and sort of all those structures too. So I've been, uh, I've invested in at home sneakers. I've invested in sort of a mat, uh, at home and I've, I've made sure that when I'm working out, I'm clearing out at least six feet. I know we talk about six feet for social distancing. <laughs> I'm socially distancing myself from all my furniture six <laughs> feet so that I don't knock into something and hurt myself. Um, and often what I've noticed is what I tell patients is I've, I've noticed a lot of these at home workouts don't include a stretch. So again, I have been doing online workouts through yeah. my gym sure. and there's no stretching. It goes straight into the workout. So I should stretch before and after myself. hundred percent. Yeah. So you, you need to stretch by yourself. I'd give yourself 15 minutes to, to stretch that body part out before then do your workout and then do a stretch after. And if all your, all those gyms are listening right now, I mean, please include a stretching, stretching video yeah. because that's the number one. That's the, that's the thing that most people aren't doing. If you think about it, when you're, when you're working at your gym, I know in the city, and I, I kind of live in an urban, an urban kind of a environment. If we had to go to a gym, we would be walking to that gym a couple blocks. In that time, I'm warming up because mm-hmm. I'm walking. You know, I'm actually getting there. But at home, I'm not walking anywhere. I'm just putting sneakers on and, and working Let's out. Let's go, yeah. And I'm realizing, God, I, 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 my body's not warmed up for this. Mm. Um, so that's super important too. Wow, that's a topic I think we should definitely explore for another day too. Yeah, I sorry, I just could, went on a no, tangent. No, I don't know where okay. we were. I just think that's something we could definitely elaborate more on, which yeah. was fantastic. And now you also mentioned stress being kind of the third factor. So yes. do you care to elaborate on that? Sure. It gets complex with stress and how we handle stress in our body. But if you think about stress, um, so think about stress as uh, your body perceives stress as, a, as some maybe perceived danger, right? So back in the day, there was no taxes, there was no property, uh, you know, property values and things of that sort, and, and things that we had to worry about, you know, education. It was education. just the basic necessities at that point. Right, yeah, just the business, you just got to live and got to eat, right? So, uh, and if you saw a predator, your body would go into stress, a stress response, it would go into a fear response, but it was meant for you to mobilize, right? Okay. So if you're uh, faced up against a, a tiger, let's say, your body's going to amp itself up, um, give you a little bit of that cortisol boost, Give you and, and you know increase your heart rate, increase your blood pressure a little bit, just so you can start and and get your muscles primed for a fast action, either fight or flight, right? The fight or flight response. Mm-hmm. Nowadays, um, obviously, we're not you know here being in, attacked by tigers. Right here in New Jersey, <laughs> we're not being attacked by tigers every day, but we are stressed every mm-hmm. day, even before COVID. You know, just sort of, unfortunately, just living you know just kind of living in society it gives us a little bit of stress some of that stress most of that stress is really placed upon us sometimes by ourselves a little bit mm-hmm. uh and and maybe by society who knows but now that COVID is there and it you know it was just an you know, invisible sort of enemy that was uh, around us in the air and we had no clue how to treat it at first or, or really what to do about it and what it was mm-hmm. um and how to act everyone was stressed out uh, not even healthcare not even just healthcare workers everybody everybody was stressed out by the thought of this now, what is that doing to your body, right? It's not like you can fight or flight it in, in that moment, right? You're just stressed. You're just stressed about what's happening in the world. You're stressed about what's happening in your neighborhood. I don't know what to do with that, right? But what's happening is your body doesn't know that that's not a tiger. Your body just thinks, oh my God, I'm stressed. So it's still mobilizing. It's still re- increasing your cortisol levels in your body. It's still maybe at some low level increasing your heart rate and your blood pressure. It's still doing all of that. Okay. So. And it's still tensing your muscles, like it's ready to either flight or flight. But we have no release of that. So what I think that's also contributing to a lot of people's neck pains, for example. 
if you think about if you think about the uh, the neck there's a muscle that connects the you know from the upper part of the neck at the base of the skull down down towards the back kind of like a cape it's called the trapezius muscle okay i, I think is the, mo- the most abused muscle in your body because when we're stressed we tend to you know flex that uh, muscle we kind of like hike our shoulders up and, and tense our neck up um and we get these knots these muscle knots in our shoulders and oftentimes people have that go to a masseuse to sort of uh, you know relieve that relieve yeah. those yeah but think about now your body's in stress 24 hours a day because of this unknown enemy because of the world the world is sort of changing right now and our body's experiencing that and we don't know how to release it we, there's no release there's no enemy in front of us and so we're holding all that stress in us and what i'm finding is a lot more not even patients but my staff <laughs> members are just feeling the stress in their neck and um so that also uh plays a role in posture as well or just well-being because now we're completely on our computers maybe on a desk maybe hunched over too much and now in addition to the stress of us being hunched over and our heads are being da- are down looking at a computer and then a mobile for eight hours and a mobile for eight hours now yeah, our muscles are, our, muscle, our muscles are also tense <laughs> and so yeah. that's another reason why it's so important to um pepper in your day movements pepper in your day some relaxation techniques so you know the nice thing about for healthcare workers, um, Headspace had had offered their their app for free for healthcare workers for a limited time, which was which was nice because I do think that type of you know meditation and relaxation does help. Of course, it does help. Um, you'll be surprised. I mean, we can. Uh, th- this is a whole other topic in itself, so I'm not going to get into it here. But there are actual links between giving yourself that relaxation time and actually reducing cortisol levels and reducing. Um, this little phenomenon that we have in our certain nervous systems, this little fight or flight response. Hmm. So there are studies that show that there are links to that. So and the and the the what the empowering thing about that is that just means that you can control it. Like you have the ability to control your stress level. Yeah, that's nice to be in control. You everyone's in control, really. Yeah. And and so and that's the thing. I think what's happening when we start getting very fearful of 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 things that are unknown to us, we feel out of control. But what we realize, we, ha- we have to realize is that we actually have control. We can actually relax ourselves. We can actually do, we can move, we can stretch, we can deep breathe, we can re- relax, meditate, we can work on our posture. There's so many things you can do right now to help reduce the pain you're feeling in your neck and your lower back uh, because of this work from home or because of COVID-19 or the threat of COVID-19. Yeah. There are so many things you can do. And I think, so that's, so you don't want your muscles tense. You don't want that stress to overpower you. You want to control it. So I think it just goes into, that's why I think the posture control, the movement, and the stress relief, uh, those three things together, we should all kind of be working on to to sort of optimize our lives right now. <laughs> that really put me on a nice high note. Oh, good. Last. Yeah, <laughs> I appreciate that. Yeah. Now, let's say somebody listening at home is still saying, okay, you know, I've been stretching, I've been trying to fix my posture, but I still have some some pain. Are there other at-home remedies they could do prior to seeking some help, such as you know, ice or heat therapy, over-the-counter medications? What would you recommend? I think the first thing I'd say is, so we'll go over some facts on neck and back pain. So a lot, I would say 80% of neck and back pain, if you have an acute injury, like you just get injured, all of a sudden it's like, oh my God, all of a sudden I have neck and back pain. Okay. If it's just pain and there's no weakness in your arms and legs, there's no numbness in your arms and legs, it's just an aching pain 80% of that 80% of the time that goes away by itself hmm. so if you give it a week if you rest uh, uh, prolonged bed rest is not not advised but resting for a day or two not doing the activity that you think hurts you 
is advisable. Okay. Um, you know, for a day or two. So resting. While you're resting, I tend to like heat. Uh, when it comes to muscle strain, uh, I think heat, it, it's theoretically, it makes sense. It kind of it relaxes muscle tissue. Heat does in general. You know, if you're going for a stretch, sometimes they heat up your muscles before they stretch you, right? I mean, that just makes the saunas, sense. saunas, yeah. And saunas, right. Saunas are, are wonderful. Um, that being said, you know, I've had patients in the past tell me that ice was was more was better for them and so i now i say whatever works for you do it you know theoretically if you have acute inflammation you should ice it because yeah, isn't ice good for the first 72 hours yes. of an injury and then then you go for more chronic pain the heat therapy yeah because once once that inflammatory that acute inflammatory response is over then i'd then i'd go for heat okay and for most people when they talk about neck strain um it's usually a cumulative thing so it's usually not this like one, one isolated one incident. Isolating. Yeah, that's why I say heat. Um, but so heating, r- resting for a day or two, trying not to do that activity that you uh, that caused the injury in the first place. If you have to work, taking f- frequent 15, 30-minute breaks, moving around, keeping yourself mobile, that's very important. Um, and then there are just simple, just simple stretches you can do at home. Okay. So what you want to do is not keep yourself guarded uh, to the point where you're stiff now, mm-hmm. you know? You know, I'm sure you've heard the term frozen shoulder. Yes. Right. So oftentimes what what happens with frozen shoulder is somebody has an injury. Let's say they have a, a minor tear in their rotator cuff and they keep their shoulder guarded because they don't want to move it. They don't want to feel that pain. Um, but they keep it guarded to so long that it winds up stiffening all the ligaments in their in their shoulder. And now they have frozen shoulder. So mm. I know it's counterintuitive, but for the first couple of days, rest it. But then after that, try to try to get your range of motion back in that body part. So same so same deal with the neck. You know, first couple days rest it, then get that range of motion back. So when I talk about neck range of motion, um, simple things you can do. You know, uh, flex your neck forward, chuck your chin in about 90 degrees, hold it for 15 seconds. Uh, bring your extend your neck backwards. Okay. Can neck about 70 degrees. Hold that for 17 for 15 seconds, and then rotate to the left, rotate to the right. Lateral bend to the left means putting your ear to your shoulder. Lateral bend to the right. Each, hold each one of these for 15 seconds. That's after, after maybe a, um, you know, a, a 10 minute heating. If you have a heating pad at home, heat heat up your shoulders and your neck first, and then do this. Um, and if you find if you do this three times a day, especially if you're having some neck strain, it will feel better um, over time. Definitely mm. within a couple of days. So same deal for your back. Once again, I would heat my back up for about 10 minutes with a heating pad. Um, and it's very important not to, most heating pads have timers, but it's very important not to just like keep a heating pad on your back if it doesn't have a timer for more than 20 minutes or 30 minutes, you don't want to burn your skin, right? So so 10 minutes, I usually say, and then just do a sequence of cat poses where you round out your back for about you know 15 seconds each hold. Uh, and just try that, just to keep your, your back limber, limber as well and movable. And now how do you know when the pain becomes so much that you should seek professional advice and treatment? So I'd say for most patients, you know, if, uh, and, and by the way, you can also take some over-the-counter, if you can take ibuprofen or Tylenol, that's fine okay. uh, for the time being. Not overdoing it, so you have to read the bottle, mm-hmm. only take it as prescribed uh, from the bottle itself. But um, I'd say after a week and a half or two weeks, if your pain is not getting better, now, that doesn't mean it should be gone in two weeks, but it should be trending towards getting better, okay? So if it's trending towards getting better, I say keep going. Okay. It's gonna get better by itself. If it's if, if you have no change in your symptoms for about a week or two weeks, then I'd say come in and see us in the office. Um, 
And and also, I want to add, if you're feeling any of the symptoms of radiating pain from your neck or your back down your arm or your leg, like a sciatica, quote-unquote sciatica uh, type of a picture, where you're feeling pain shooting down your arm or you're having weakness in your arms or legs <clears throat> or you're having numbness in your arms or legs or things of that sort, those are things where you want to come see us sooner. Right. But for sort of aching back pain, you know, you know that you kind of slept wrong. You know that you've been sitting for this posture. Do these exercises for about, um, or, and these behavioral modifications for about a week or two, um, and it should be trending better. And if it is, chances are it's going to get better by itself. Um, if it's not, then come in and see us. I have some serious takeaways from this conversation. So for starters, I have to immediately fix my posture. Me too. I need to stop uh, being bedridden and watching Netflix on the weekends. I have to get out more. (laughs) I need to definitely get a mat when I work out and also have at-home workout shoes. And um, yeah, this this was great. And I have to have some meditative practices or something to help me alleviate my stress. Yeah, I think we are we are compounded with stress lately. Yeah. Um, yeah. Even before COVID, you know, I try to tell patients this all the time. We we are actually compounded with a lot of stress in our lives, um, and it's always going to be there, right? Uh, these these elements are always going to be there, but it's how we respond to that stress that matters. Yeah. And and sometimes these deep breathing, relaxation, and even meditation practices help us cope with it better, and and relate to it better. This has been amazing. Thank you so much for joining me today, yeah, Doctor Barik. If you have a topic you'd like us to cover, submit your ideas on hmh4u.org backslash podcast. Your suggestion could be included in the You Asked For It special episodes. That's all for today. Until next Wednesday, thanks for listening. All participants on the Health You podcast have willingly and openly shared their stories. They have not been paid or incentivized for sharing. The views expressed by our guests solely belong to them and are not necessarily aligned with Hackensack Meridian Health.